Welcome to the Bill Bradley Collective. It is a chilly December night. You know, I mean, it's not chilly for December, but it's chilly. It's too chilly to sit outside and do this. It's an appropriate weather for December. It's appropriate weather for December, and, you know, where's fucking global warming when you want it? But I think this is it. It's December, and it's not bad out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah that's true. It's, it's like 40. Still not snowing. Right. I, th- I think next weekend is supposed to be like highs of like thirty versus like this, what's it like forty now? It's gonna get yeah. cold, I guess, in the next week. But these things we happen. Anyway, how you doing, Zach? I'm doing well. How are you? Very well. Enjoying the World Cup. I I have watched um, two games, and they've both been America. So I watched. Actually, no, I've watched one game, and it was America. So I, I watched two, and they were and they were both Qatar and or Qatar or however you pronounce that country. Um, for those of you who are thinking about soccer now, you should turn into our August episode on sports washing and soccer because we did a whole thing about why Qatar, uh, the, the decision to put the World Cup here was a problematic yeah. decision. Not great. Not great. <laughs> Not great. <laughs> but anyway. So, we don't know what the mascot name is for the the cutters already Qatar or whatever it is. It's already gone. They already lost. That we don't know if they had a mascot. Yeah, the the, um, I don't know. <laughs> the the Qatar widowmakers or whatever. But um, what is the name of the Capitals mascot in The Simpsons? Right. Homer Homer tries to take his job and all right Springfield Isotope. Dancing Homer. What about the capital city? I can see him. Those wheels are turning. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> ah, capital city. I don't have it. The capital city goofball. <sighs> the goofballs. <laughs> yeah, because he looks like the fanatic. Right, vaguely, right. Yeah, he, they based him on the fanatic. And um, he has a whole backstory in that episode. It turns out he works as a state senator. And he's close personal friends with Henry Mancini, who shows up in the episode. Uh, one of those random things the Simpsons does. That Simpsons. No, it's the Simpsons does, because we're talking about the show, not the family. All right. How you doing, Andrew? Doing well. Um, it's, it's time to get this segment back. I got to get this back on track. I've been, I've, this has been a weak season for me. I, I, th- I think this is, really an e- weak. this is an easier question. <sighs> okay. So. <laughs> we shall see. Well, I mean, it's not easy, but it's easier. Gaylord Perry died this week, as you probably know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the sixth winner of the American League Cy Young Award in 1972 because through 1966, there was a major league Cy Young winner, not a one per league. Who was the first American League Cy Young Award winner? And I'll give you a hint. The MVP also came from that team, that Miracle League champion team. So, we say miracle. Well, uh, yeah, they're not the Mets, but it was it was, it was they were called a miracle team. Okay, nineteen sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. MVP comes from that team too. Not um, Denny McLean. No, McLean sixty-eight. Oh shit, the Red Sox. Yes. Um. No. Not Louis Tiant. No. Jim Lomborg. Jim Lomborg. Fuck. Right. Jim Lomborg. <laughs> God damn it. He was, uh, is he dead or alive? 1967. I mean, uh, 
live. He is alive. All right. Good if I him. really wanted to be difficult, the National League Cy Young Award winner is someone I've never I I only hear of when I check this and say, oh yeah, I remember that trivia question. It's Steve McCormick, don't know who, who had like is. one year. I've never heard of him. Don't know who that is. Right. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about, we've been talking about sports washing as our season focus, and mostly we're talking about other countries uh, using sports washing. But we're going to change it up a little bit here and talk about how in the NFL that the league itself seems to, and, and the owners sports wash each other. But there has been talk about what would happen if a Saudi Arabian team, Saudi, you know, the Saudi Arabia sports empire, whatever the hell it is. The public investment. Public investment wants to buy, um, get a team. Well, do you think it would happen? They've, we, we know already that, that, that money is bottomless. They've already, the golf venture, they, they own Premier League teams. The Premier League is like the international equivalent to like the NFL or the NBA in this country. Um, there's a great article in The Ringer this week about like the uh, valuation of franchises and how sports franchises have well, never been it. worth yeah. uh, more than they are now. Um, why wouldn't the logical next step in Saudi Arabia's efforts to sports washing efforts to me would be to try to gain entry into the NBA or more importantly, the NFL. Um, they certainly have the money. That, that's no question. Um, there's one appealing thing that they could, they could build a stadium with, with no, with no public funding. I mean, you know, a lot of these stadiums, the taxpayers in, 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 in those cities are like bearing the brunt of the cost. Um, the, the only team that built their own stadium was the Cowboys, right? Jerry, which yeah, Jerry paid for. Um, didn't, there, didn't, isn't SoFi built by private funds? Uh, I mean, that was like so far, it's, it's, it's like five billion dollars. I mean, it was oh, maybe, maybe. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I not think sure. some of these are now. We have seen that when you put it up for a vote now, people are like, no, nah, we're not doing this. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Jim Mercy in a bit. The people of Indiana, notably high spending Indiana, not only paid for the stadium to build it, but the Ursies own it. The, the city doesn't own it. They built a team. They built a stadium. For, this is why people hate public-private partnerships, because the public pays for it, and the private ent- entity owns it. So That stadium is, you know, it's, it's hosted Final Fours. It's hosted, I, I think, uh, WrestleMania might be going there soon. And it's, you know, it's not just exclusively like a, a Colts building. That's that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, I think, and, and this is actually a pretty good segue into the, the meat of this topic, is that the biggest impediment in my mind to Saudi Arabian entry into like the NFL or the NBA, and I'll take the NFL first. It's just that it's a fucking old boys club. It's if if they if they don't want you in, you're not. You, you can have the money, you can have the, the plan, the vision, whatever. If those thirty two guys or thirty one guys and isn't the who, who runs the Bears? Hallis is like granddaughter is like the owner or something. Uh. Sure. Anyway, it's it, it is a, and these owners, these same owners are um. I think going to be the focus of this conversation. It would have to be yeah. somebody like Cranky that would tell to the Saudis. Yeah, I mean, who would? But yeah, I, th- I think, or, I think or, that's the or, only or, thing keeping them out. Or Snyder, the or Snyder. Whiteness. I mean, Snyder. It looks like Snyder is trying to sell the team. At some point, you know, we'll get to this, but it. Well, we'll just say it now, though. At some point, 
the own, the problem with owning a team is that you are a public figure and you cannot withstand public scrutiny. Yeah. That's Dan Snyder. Um, and, and it becomes, but of course, Snyder, we'll talk about Snyder now, I guess we'll start, we'll, we'll start, we'll start, we won't bury the lead. Um, the, the sin that Snyder committed wasn't the culture of misogyny. It wasn't the allegations of sexual assault. It wasn't any, it wasn't just being the worst human being you could find north of Donald Trump anywhere. It was he, they were cheating the other owners from tax, from ticket revenue. And that was a bridge too far. Don't mess with the bottom line. Yeah, that was when they turned on him. Once that investigation showed that they were like skimming off the top, Mm -hmm. Jerry Jones very quickly switched. And I mean, Jerry Jones is like, he's basically the commissioner. Like he covered up for Snyder for years. Right. Yeah. He. Well. Right. He. He is because he owns the most successful franchise, the most valuable franchise. Right. Yeah. Um. So. So Zach, do you want to get into a little bit of the Dan Snyder experience? So Dan Snyder, uh, currently, uh, docked in international waters, uh, trying to avoid a subpoena from Congress. Right. Correct. Yeah. Trying to avoid a subpoena from Congress because his behavior was so egregious that Congress had to investigate it. Um, because it's a Washington D.C. Because it's a Washington D.C. team, and of course, gotta gotta take the lid off the pudding top on this one. <laughs> and they looked, and they found uh, rampant, just like rampant, rampant toxic behavior, sexual harassment, um, being covered up, uh, sexual assaults too, right? Yep. With their and and if you listen to any female NFL reporter, they say. It's often bad, but Washington was another thing entirely. Like they just they they just talk openly about that. Like it, it was just the everybody in that franchise was a horrifying person. Not the players, but everybody above that was just horrifying to deal with. Yeah, and this was on top of like cheerleaders being underpaid, staff being underpaid, mistreated. Um, that's really what like Congress was investigating well, about, right? It's like well, toxic workplace. Snyder bringing in, I mean, he's an attorney bringing in clients so that he yeah. could watch the cheerleader tryouts. And, and then, then uh, put them in like bathing suits and right. take pictures of them. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good stuff. Uh, just a bunch of, let's say, white guys, white, bil- white, white rich guys being just horrifying. Um, right. Top down in the organization. And now, I mean... He just started, he just uh, contracted with the Bank of America to enter into a sale agreement. It's also true that Snyder's finances, it seems, are not quite <laughs> as solid as maybe the thought was. And, like, he's sitting on a $3 billion, what, what, what are the words, what are the what commanders worth? $4 billion, $3.5? I, I think the... Probably, I mean, what was the Brooklyn, 3.5? It was like 5 Oh, um, uh, if they're five, then then it's, Washington six. Yeah, they're gonna they're they're not gonna go for less than five. I don't think. Um, when he so he came in, what like late nineties, early two thousands, twenty something like around. Uh, right, right no, around. I think it was ninety nine. Was it ninety nine? In fact, I know it was ninety nine. And what did they do? They he they built that what FedEx field, like right like right away when he came in. Right. Um, he was like the 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 kind of the boy wonder. He was like the evolution. He kind of was like the evolutionary kind of like Jones. Um. But he's well, he was younger, younger, but just a 
just a piece of shit. Like that's as bad as 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 bad as an owner in in sports. Um, I think he's probably where does where did he go in the, the worst person in sports drafts? He um, had to he, have been. He went early. He's yeah. Yeah, he, he's. I think he was the first owner to go. I mean, he's a first ballot shitbag Hall of Famer. Ooh, um, on this season we uh, couldn't draft him, which he was drafted last year. There you go. But <laughs> last year he went. He was the first owner to and, go. And and that Emer- epi- emeritus status. And, and that episode will be coming uh, between Christmas and New Year's, right? That is correct. We're people in sports. Bowl week. Yeah, I, I do actually read Good the plug. information you give us. It's bowl. We were competing with bowl week. Head to head, like the Simpsons and the Cosby Show. Just, just make sure that UConn. We're not playing the UConn bowl window because I am looking forward to that. Whether it's Boca Raton or Gasparilla. All right, UConn, this, baby. this is off topic. It is. I'm sorry. Wait, no, no, no. I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> is UConn going to make a bowl? Yes. It's the AD said that yes. They okay. they are they are going bowling. Jeff Benedict is okay. Yeah. Okay, that's great. So I'll I'll set I'll set aside December seventeenth and we'll all be talking talk for Christmas. Talk, talk about an institution just covering up the crimes of their football program. <laughs> the UConn right there. Right. Right. With that. But anyway, so Snyder, and, and this is you know, Snyder. Now the owners are turning on, and, and we'll talk in a second. The first owner to turn on him was Jim Irsay. Good old uh, and and we'll talk about that in a second. But Snyder. Who does not? Snyder's from the Donald Trump school of even if you have you know seven two offsuit, just keep raising and because and then if somebody calls you, you declare bankruptcy. And reports came out that he had hired private investigators to dig up information on all the other owners, and, which was probably why Jim Irsay came out first because we all know <laughs> there is no there's no dirt on that, Jim Irsay. We that, know what he's Kevin Kevin Clark made that comment. He said, "There's no uncovered sins from Jim Irsay because we don't because we, we he's uncovered all of them. Yeah, we've all just he won't accepted stop him. talking about his <laughs> sins, but uh, which are numerous, numerous. Yeah. Um, but um, he, yeah, he said he said in an interview, like with Bleacher Report or somebody, they won't fire me. They know I've got shit on them, and then he said there is no difference between the NFL owners and the mafia." They all hate each other. That might be the single smartest thing that Jim... I mean, there's no way that's not true. A, they are the mafia. It's a crime family. Yeah. Right. I mean, look... Along with the girls. They cover up... They cover up... (laughs) They cover up CTE, which is a major story. They covered that up for decades. Even though they all hated each other, they were like, nope, this is going to cut into the bottom line. This is bad for business. And then, when they went to do payouts... They paid black people less because they have lower mental acuity. Yeah. Naturally. So, and that went on a long time. Like, the, it is hard to get a group of worse people together. I mean, maybe the Crips versus Blood softball game, but but it'd be close. And the weird thing is that these are people that are, like, revered by the public. Like, these are not people that are viewed as ghouls or villains or the same way we view the Saudi public investment trust. These are viewed as, like, people who succeeded in life and have have achieved a pinnacle of success that, like, we should all strive to. Because don't you remember being a teenager being like, if I had a billion dollars, I'd buy the Knicks. But but I think, and I think that that's why this this ties into the sports washing. It's because they own their team that... We are over, you know, I mean, Robert Kraft, it is very difficult. We'll talk about this. We've talked about Robert Kraft before. A man 
who was videotaped solicit paying a pro, a paying a sex worker sex workers and and a massage parlor. Not as going to say masseuses, but they were sex workers at a massage parlor. Videotaped that they videotaped them performing oral sex on him. That that was that that video was never shown to a jury or anyone. He was ex- he he was able to walk away. He made sure the two women were arrested and deported. And have you ever heard ever heard on a football game they just they just cl- clicked to him with his weird looking shirts with the, the colored shirts with the white collars. He those weird looking eight hundred dollar shirts and his idiot son. And they talk about him like he's the greatest guy in the world. Jim Jim Nance can't stop touching himself when he when he, well, when he talks about. Well, right after right after you know, I consider this sports washing in a ter- sense of like you're essentially washing over a misdeed to gain a crime to a crime. It's a crime to to gain favor in the public light, which is during COVID nineteen when nobody could get PPE. And then Craft flies. What do they call that? Craft Force One or Patriot Force One? Whatever stupid fucking nickname Patriots like fans that. have for it. And he flies PPE, a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he f- he flew the Virginia player. He flew all the Virginia players to no. the. He flew all the Virginia mm-hmm. players. Yeah, like he does. I mean, these you things. know, and, and, and points nice given things. for points given for points yeah. earned. I mean, my question about the PPE thing was at a time when municipalities and states couldn't get PPEs. Why were these? billionaires able to stockpile them and then give them away to look like heroes and they write the actual, it off on their taxes and they write it off on their taxes when the actual government couldn't provide the goods that they need probably because these billionaires bought them up and just to look better and he compl- that was within the same year of the sexual of the sex worker scandal that was in the same year and everyone just talked about how great of a guy he, he was he flew to the super bowl the night after being arrested literally this morning driving to work. I'm listening to Peter Schrager's spot on Simmons podcast, Schrager, NFL Network, Fox, whatever. They were talking about, it was in the context of, of a, uh, will Brady go back to New England? The potential for that, which I, whatever. But Jason McCourty, who's an expat, who works for NFL Network, uh, Schrager's re- relaying the story about how McCourty's telling him how the players that come through there, they fucking revere Kraft. He's like, he, it, it's, it's, it's almost like sycophantic how, how loyal they are to Kraft. Um, it's just it's, it's it's bizarre that this you know well he pays well, but remember the I mean remember when his wife died and this yeah. the like you know I mean they had her like thing on the her initials on the right. jerseys for a year I mean or whatever. you know like look, none of us know Robert Kraft, uh, but and we you know and he doesn't we don't travel in the same circles he doesn't go to the draft choice. But we don't go to sex. We don't go to, we don't go, we don't go to massage parlors. <laughs> it's also it's like it's pretty fairly well documented that when when the thirty two owners are in a room at their biannual whatever meetings, the two biggest swinging dicks in that room are Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft. Those are the most influential guys. Jerry Jones, in that group, a guy who just is like Teflon. Remember when those pictures totally. came out with him and those young women, and they were like, "Yep." Groping him in a plane, and his pants were undone, and it was like, "What the hell's going on here?" And everyone looked at that and just was like, "Oh, Jerry." Yeah, it's like, and then like, it's like antics. It's and not, then like you know. this this recent scandal, but I don't think it's a scandal. Where it's like, 
where he went to a school that was segregated. It's like, well, yeah, he went to elementary school in 1958. Of course it was segregated. Like, no shit. Yeah, but, but he showed up at a rally where the point was to yell at young yeah. black children. It was, oh, the, begin- it was the beginning of oh, desegregation. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't that he went. I thought to he the, just went to the school. No, 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 no. They have the you know that famous picture of the the, the three black yeah, girls yeah, yeah. walking in. Jerry Jones is there. Oh, that's not good. No, it's not good. He also they don't really grow out of that kind of stuff. <laughs> People evolve, but like that, you know. I mean, my racial here's the thing: my racial opinions have changed over time because I've recognized blind spots in my own behavior. Or put things as assumptions I made. I mean, I'm 60, so I mean, these things happen. It would never have occurred to me to show up and yell at small children because they were of a different color. That would like that's a decision you make. That's not like no, it's like the it's like the Kanye and mentally ill people right. thing. It's like yeah, you know, a lot of people are mentally ill. They don't think Hitler's good. <laughs> right? It's it's like yeah, it's one thing to you know to realize you know too late that black. Black players are are, credi- are are credited with being athletic, and white players are credited with being smart. Like, and you, I realized that like I was like twenty six. Oh, have I been doing that? And I think, oh, well, maybe I did. Like, because I was just repeating things I heard. That's one thing. That's just growth. But showing up to at an event to yell at small children, never, never an acceptable thing for any reason. But this is, and this is a scandal that has not. I mean, it's been covered. I guess no, the, the, LeBron's guy. comments. This LeBron's week, kind comments of really fired it, it up the, again. Yeah. But like, this is something where everyone was kind of okay with it, and then LeBron makes the comments, and now it's a story again. But like, what was LeBron's comment? He, uh, he, said, he said, "Why am I being asked about Kyrie Irving showing a documentary? One problematic start, LeBron. Not great. Not a great start. Problematic because it wasn't a documentary. It was an anti-Semitic propagandist film." He said, why am I being asked about Kyrie showing a documentary, but I'm not being asked about Jerry Jones' photo? And that, you know what, though? Still problematic. There's no real heroes in that comment. I understand that, but it it is the burden placed on black athletes. Yes, that's true. Like, the the captain of the American, the uh, United States men's soccer team, Mm -hmm. right, uh, a uh, he is a mixed race. Look, he, he's black in appearance. He's mixed race. Tyler Adams, just Tyler Adams. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know his name. No, I had no freaking idea what his name was. And it was um, is he the one with the American hair, with the American flag dyed in his hair? No, no, no. But because right, that guy's cool. Yeah, he but he's a captain, and he was asked, "How do you feel about representing your country when there's been such a?" problematic history of race a not a bad question from the iranian, from iranian press reporter. right yeah. b, by the way so not a question not being asked in good faith no but, nope but also not a question being asked by american reporters no it also an incredibly fair question right but also the, re- the reporter corrected adams's pronunciation of iran like, yeah right before iran yeah right and adams was like the question very mature he was about just that like, for I, a young kid. He's like, yeah. oh, I didn't know. He's like, thank you for correcting me. Yeah. And, I, and, and I thought his answer was good. It was great. But the problem is, ask every white person, too. Like, like why? Yeah, why is, why why, is Matt why, Turner not being asked that right, as why, a goalkeeper? Why do they have, why do African-American athletes have a responsibility to speak for their 
to speak on social issues, and white players simply don't. Because you know what? You know what? I want all of those NFL offensive linemen to ask to be asked about George Floyd because you know what? They'd say terrible things. Not all of them, but some of them would just be terrible. But like, I think this is where we get into the top subject of like sports wash again, where it's these apparatus apparati that cover up the sins of America's own history or American sports where American media is not going to ask black. American media didn't ask LeBron James how he felt about the Jerry Jones picture. You know, they didn't ask him that. He had to bring it up. Because because he'd give them an answer. And it's because they, like, the media, much like the institutions of the NFL, the NBA, um, the NHL has no problematic owners. So good for the NHL. Um, well, they're not that rich. Yeah. James, not, James Dolan? People, people just start looking. People just start looking. Ah, James Dolan's People fine. are not looking. They're yeah. bad. They're rich people. They're bad. Yeah. Nobody cares enough about hockey yeah. to actually that's investigate. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. looking. If, so, if, so if they're actually of, rich, they don't have an NFL or NBA team. So from the information we have now, there are no bad hockey owners. Illerich was... Oh, no. Illerich wasn't bad. He owns yeah. the red, red Rings and the Pistons. He's fine. Yeah, he's not... like He owns... Of the of the guys who own shitty pizza restaurants, he's the better one. But it's these institutions that cover up kind of all of this misbehaviors, crimes, um, racism in the case of Jerry Jones, where it's not only the institutions that are cover that are covering it up, it's also the media that is supposed to hold these institutions responsible and accountable that they're also covering well, it up right adam schefter is not asking jerry jones shit a- anything you well, know adam schefter is not asking dan snyder why are you avoiding a subpoena by congress well, you know what no but one it, there's no no media person has asked no, no one's asked them no jerry jones kept a guy on a payroll for six years who was arrested for Filming the cheerleaders in the shower. And also took an upskirt picture of Jerry Jones' 15-year-old daughter. He re- The guy remained on the payroll. Jerry Jones should not be allowed to speak to the media until he explains that. Right. How did, why did you do this? And you know what? No, we're not going on your super yacht and watching you do draft picks until you explain this to us because they give these guys get because they own NFL teams they get such a pass because the number of sports journalists who are actually journalists is pretty low I gotta take an Andrew I want to hear your thoughts on this that in a lot of the countries we've covered for sports washing here Saudi Arabia China Qatar they're either authoritarian or communist or a theologic autocracy, um, but none of them are democracies. None of them are capitalist. And in those countries, it's the government covering up and trying to sports wash their image. Where in America, which is a democracy, which is a capitalist country, it's not the government covering up anything. It's capital. It's the wealthy elites it's the people who control the NFL, the people who make the big calls, the people who are the pinnacle of industry, capital, management class, that are sports washed for America. It's why the NFL can command $300 for a parking space at a, at a game at a, at a game on a Sunday. It's why it is the NFL is 
famous Godfather 2 line, like Hyman Roth, you know, Michael, we're bigger than U.S. Steel. The NFL is bigger than the metaphorical U.S. Steel. It's, it is a, it's a behemoth in this country. Um, you, can, you cannot understate that enough, or overstate, overstate that enough, excuse me. Um, again, these, in the, in, the, in the valuation of the franchises keeps going up. Yeah. The valuation, the, the television They're contracts getting keep wealthier. going up. They keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it's capitalism. They're just totally, making more money. 100%. There is no, there is no ceiling here. They're just going to make more money, which then will allow them to cover up more of their crimes. And we're, the four of us at this table, are, you know, we're kind of culpable. You know, we're, we're between the fantasy football, gambling, Sundays at the bar. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're I draft buying command, in, baby. I draft you know? commanders players. You know, we can... Yeah. We worked uh, really yeah. hard to get Sunday ticket on uh, uh, at a bar we so are. we could go watch more football. So, so can I can I just take a, a quick stop at the worst owner in, in the league right now? Because I think Jimmy Haslam has beaten uh, um, Snyder. It's a good candidate for yeah. Here's two things that uh, Jimmy Haslam's done. One, he first of all, in terms of being a negotiator. The one thing I knew about Jimmy Haslam before I started doing research is, oh, this guy inherited his money. Yeah. Because you get a you get a contract with Watson, and then you trade for him. Because once you've traded for him, he determines a contract because you're going to look like an idiot if you don't sign him. And that is not something, like, that's what the uh, Texans did with Larry, uh, Larry Tunsil. But anyway, so... Hopefully, future New York Jet Laramie Tunsil. He he gives. Um, not only does he take someone who has, I mean, and he has thrown all good feeling about the Brown franchise out the window for the rest of the rest of his ownership. Oh, a very sympathetic franchise in the sense of like you got fucked over, the team left, the team left, you came back, you've you, been terrible, you've been terrible, you you, and, and you have this incredibly loyal fan base, and every like. You know, when you play against right, the Steelers are right near, right across the river, and they always win. And it's like I was you play the Bengals a bunch and always lose. I always, I always rooted for the Browns, and I'll never root for the Browns as long as Haslam owns it because he ended up guaranteeing what? How two hundred forty million, two hundred forty-eight million dollars, right? Yep. And then built it so that to make sure that almost none of that money. And we've talked about this multiple times. Watson not to pay because this season he's taken like a one million dollar cap hit. Right, they should have suspended him next year. They should have suspended him indefinitely. Right, indefinitely. Right, not, that never like thing. maybe you play again, maybe you don't. Yeah, yeah. Right. He also had just made a ton of money with the Texans without ever playing. He hasn't really played football in three years. Anyway, he's a rapier version of Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford never played and made like. Two hundred million dollars. That was before. So that was when, like, yeah, when you were one pick in the draft, yeah. it wasn't capped. He like made like forty now. million right. his first yeah. year, right. yeah. for sure. But it's ridiculous. But but Haslam not only did this. Do you know how Haslam has his money? Well, I mean, he inherited it. I'm guessing oil or slavery. D- diesel. All right, they're the. No, they're, right with oil. They're the the largest diesel company in the world. I mean, in the country, and. He ended up, uh, 17 former high-level employees of his have been convicted on a, uh, on a fraud scheme of worth more than $50 million. Okay? And now he runs the company. It's his only job. By the way, 
just to put it into context, uh, one quarter of what he paid Deshaun Watson. Right. If you want to know how, how these businesses get penalized. Oh, actually, one-fifth. One-fifth. Yeah, if you're ever wondering, like, do businesses get adequately penalized? No, one guy made four-fifths more than these people got penalized. No, no, they didn't. No, they've been convicted. They haven't done it. They, they're not doing any time. They didn't have to pay $50 million. They just, they've been convicted of a $50 million fraud. Oh, that's even worse. And so here's what Haslam said after they lost, after they went 1-15 <laughs> in 2015. The fact that this franchise has not done better, the blame squarely is me. Because ultimately, it's a head person who's responsible for everything. So he stood up. Less than a year later, he said, after, after these convictions, as I have said throughout this ordeal, I knew nothing about the misconduct of some of our former employees. He, I mean... His excuse is, look, I inherited the company. I don't do shit. I just take the money. Like, that's his excuse. And so he has managed to both ruin this business that he just inherited. Like, and the number of NFL owners who just inherited their money is a lot. It's why the Davis Davis family, working class heroes. (laughs) It's It's no surprise, too, that the Browns are more or less like the 21st century poster boy for NFL just abject failure. Just I mean, them are the Lions, but I, I would still say the Browns, the Browns. have been the least since they came back. And, and by the way, they've had more quarterbacks. by the way, the Lions also inherited. For sure. Ford? Yeah. 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 Right? I mean, also sure. inherited. Yeah. Um, and, and the Bears? Also inherited. Also inherited. Yeah. The Giants. You know, the, the, Giants. the Mara family for how long? Forever. Giants. Um, Tish, Mara. Yeah. Uh, the Jets. <laughs> the guy who... the. the Right. I mean, Woody, Woody had to abdicate. Like, get, he abdicated Woody, the throne because he was ambassador to England. Yeah. But those are, those are inherited the Johnson & Johnson fortune. Like, uh, Yeah, he didn't create baby powder. No. He <laughs> <laughs> sure as hell profited off it, though. Yeah. God, everything sucks. It's true. But anyway, so to just kind of sum this up in terms of sports washing. Capitalism's bad. Capitalism's bad. When you put... A whole bunch of fail sons and venture capitalists in a room. Bad things happen. Like Robert Kraft is. Where did he make his money? Uh, macaroni and cheese sales. <laughs> it, was he? Was it him or his predecessor, the previous owner, that was Gillette? Like razor? Like, like no, it was razor? The previous, owner. previous owner. Okay. No, right. Uh, right. I don't know was, what Kraft. I don't, I don't know. Kraft mac and cheese. He's the heir to the craft. Isn't, like, he, isn't he? I don't. I don't think so. I'm, that's canon now. And we're back with a fact check. So, he actually inherited the skeleton of his companies. Is that fair? Skeleton from his father-in-law, and then <laughs> I like how people listening. Are like, Who did he say? Did he have a stroke? <laughs> so he just asked a question to no one. <laughs> no, because. Um, we have a professional information gatherer. That's fair. Who lives in, the, in in Zach's household, and we're indoors today because it's thirty-two degrees outside or something. And and so I just was asking her because she just looks this stuff up faster than I can. Anyway, so basically, he married into it. He's the Anna Nicole Smith of um, of the NFL owners, and they they do paper packaging. And he might be the most powerful man in sports. 
he might be the most powerful man in sports. Oh yeah. So, oh, I, some that's a a sad some, commentary. Some <laughs> asshole Michael Scott is the most powerful person in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so his father-in-law is paying for his blowjobs. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, to, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, to be fair, his wife, you know, his, the guy's daughter died. So. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't happening when she was alive. You, he just figured that yeah. out at that age. That, like, that that's something that you start in your 70s. No, no. I can imagine other NFL donors coming up with a worse solution to that problem. But, um, anyway, Dan Snyder would have to be in international waters for that. But anyway, so is this, is this the American version of sports washing? Is it something different? Was it appropriate for us to put it into this into this theme because we just didn't want to say one more thing about Saudi Arabia and how they suck. No, I think it is appropriate because the American version of sports washing was never going to be our government trying to go to other countries to rehabilitate our image. I mean, you could make the argument that America going over to China um, and playing basketball is a way to counteract the Chinese propaganda about America. But in America in domestic and within, you know, the, the continental 48, which is where all sports are played, it was always going to be the business class, the management class, covering up their crimes, Co- like making sure that everything they do is put with a glean and a sparkle and a smile and that none of the things they actually do or what they're known for, instead they're known for being pinnacles of business. 1936, the reason we went to Germany for the Olympics yeah. Just to demonstrate the American the, the the American way of doing things. I mean, it, we had, we sent more black athletes than we had ever sent before, uh, and all. So that's also propaganda, but good propaganda. Well, it's propaganda. Well, it's good because we agree with it. Yeah, I mean, when you, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with fighting Nazis. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, Nazis are bad. Nazis are bad is a pretty good rule to live by. Which is a hot take that's this the, week. Right? <laughs> Very hot take, but. At the so, high, oh, no. do you find this sports watching? Absolutely, at the highest levels, ownership, uh, executive, it's like a playground for illicit immoral behavior, and it's covered up by the fact that those same guys preside over the preeminent product in live entertainment in television. They're playing games in fucking Germany now. It's the it's so fucking big, and it's so big that it that it covers up the sins of the most powerful. Man, power brokers in the sport. And no one in uh, New England cares if Robert Kraft's a good guy or a bad guy. He got him six Super Bowl rings. So he's bingo. a good guy. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, the, guy, the, owner, the owner of the Rams, kid, what's his Cranky. name? Cranky. Cranky. Drove a man to suicide. He is the fourth large. He owns 1.38 billion acres of land. He's a w- Walmart. Is he Walmart? No, no, the, no, no. no, no the uh, Broncos owners are Walmart. That's right. Uh, he owns 1.388 billion dollars of of uh, billion acres of land in this country. He he bought up a town, and then kicked everybody off, and nobody could afford to move. And this guy killed himself, and then Cranky forced his wife off the land. I mean, uh, it's like, and yet nobody in L.A. cares about that because he Rams are good. Because he got well, well not, not now, this year, but, not this year. But, but, but he, you know, but he went out and got uh, uh, Jane Ran- uh, Jalen Ramsey and uh, Stafford, and they won a Super Bowl, yeah. and it's like that's okay. And that stadium is the that's the new that's it, it was it was Jerry World and Dow in Arlington, and now it's that is I the love, 
stadium. Unless there's lightning, because some, for some reason, if if there's rain or something, they can't play. Remember that the game was delayed and it was indoors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> snafu. Five five billion dollars just ain't what it used to be. Apparently, it can only go so far these days. Yeah. Biden's Biden's inflation. Yeah. <laughs> Although it was built before, and we can still blame them yeah, for maintenance costs. Right. Please. So with that, this is our final sports washing episode. Our seasonal topic next sub- season is... Uh, uh, um, uh, look at well, you. We're going to do... Um, rivalries? Rivalries. Rivalries? Right. Political and, and uh, uh, <laughs> political and sports rivalries. Very excited to get into the political rivalries. Yes. Nothing like nerds hating each other. <laughs> That's right. The People's Front of Judea versus Ju- Judean People's Front. And with that, we'll say goodnight, and we'll see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective. As always, we thank you for joining us here. And if you like today's episode, smash that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Let's help grow the collective brand. We'll see you all next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.